Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? And here we are again, another week at Writer on the Road. Uh, I still haven't changed my intro music, but I intend to get around to it at some stage. Uh, we're certainly starting off with um, lots of things happening here um, with our both our podcast, our blog, and our writing workshops. So we announced the top winners of our of our. Um, podcast downloads I guess and it was all our romance writers so I'm guessing most of you out there must be romance listeners although we have our fair share I guess over in America and England as well. Uh, 2017 I think it was uh, what is it uh, Daughter of the Murray is is still going strong so I don't know what's happening out there but everyone seems to love Daughter of the Murray. Annie Seaton's having a wonderful time with Daintree too I believe. Okay blog Blog posts are all about creative writing and the creative, I guess, living a creative life. And people are really, really interested in how to claim back our time and claim claim back our, I guess, our right to live the lives that we want to live without it being hijacked by all the things that we've got to do and all the busyness. So I'm really interested in that and I'm hoping to get some people on onto the podcast that can talk to us further and give us a few clues on how we do that. This week we've got the beautiful Janine Kimberley from down in Victoria. It's always curious as to how librarians choose their books and how we get our books into libraries. So I've asked Janine to, to come aboard and tell us um, everything that we need to do to, to do our writing talks, to to be a librarian's best friend. Uh, I'm guessing I've spent so much of my time in libraries over the years and I'm guessing that a lot of you guys have as well uh, they're now called I believe they're called um, community hubs they're not so much libraries and it's where we can go and when, especially us travelers um, in our caravans and things we go in there and we have free access to the internet we have free access to um, what do you call them newspapers and all magazines and all those kinds of things but most excitingly of all I think is the new trend towards um, ebooks and audiobooks and being able to download those versions of our books and it's people like Janine that help us get our books noticed and get our books into these places. I know she certainly helped um, a few few of our local romance writers and she's always on the lookout for more of us to, to uh, go and visit her when she's uh, travelling by downtown Melbourne and to drop in and say hi and maybe run a workshop or two or maybe do a reading or maybe do a talk. Uh, she'll tell us more about that on the podcast. As usual, um, it's the housekeeping kind of things. If you could pop by iTunes and give us a review, that'd be great. We seem to be doing all right in the review section. 2017 stretches out a long way ahead of us and I've got no idea what's going to happen this year. We've put the foundations of our business in place and... Anything happens from here on in, so it's all pretty exciting. Um, my daughters are looking at me as I'm talking, going, pretty exciting as long as we can pay the rent. So hopefully we'll do that as well. Uh, later in the week, we've got Sierra Say, and that's really interesting as well, and especially from my perspective, because Sierra talks about making good uh, as a college dropout. And you know my opinion of the education system, it seems to take every bit of creativity away from us. So I'm all for anyone who can get a life happening and 
and get out there and achieve and be successful uh, in in alternative ways. And I know Sierra on her podcast interview interviews lots of people who who are successful. Uh, that'll be later in the week. The last thing I've got to tell you is about my writing, and unfortunately, there's not a whole lot to say. Um, but it's early days yet. We're still only in January, and maybe coming along soon will be something that I'm up to. Our living language is doing well. We're going to put a little book out about that. Five minute snippets on how to liven up our language. So that's a little pet project of mine and Sam's and we're pretty pretty excited to be turning it into a book as well the videos aren't as professional as they could perhaps be but like the podcast we're getting better every day okay sit back listen it's Janine Kimberly going to tell us how to get our books into the libraries and we're off to the Sunshine Coast Welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. This is take two. I have the delightful Janine Kimberley with me from downtown Melbourne. Good morning, Janine. Melinda, thank you for having me. Yeah, I have actually corralled this poor woman into coming onto the podcast today. Janine is a library technician. I keep calling her a librarian and I keep getting into trouble. But the reason I've invited you on today, Janine, is because every writer wants to be the librarian's best friend. Ah, well, if you befriend your librarian, you will have a friend for life because we provide a pretty vital service in recommending books. And I've got quite a few patrons that come in and say, oh, you know, I really like this genre, but I've read everything that they've got. You know, can you recommend anything else? And that's the part of the job that I adore. I really do. And especially the feedback that you get when you have recommended a book to them and they come back and they say, thank you so much. That was a great read. You know, that that's, I feel my work is done when that happens. Yeah. And Janine is particularly generous and I'm sure she's familiar to an awful lot of us who listen to this podcast um I'm scrolling through her Facebook page now as as she's watching me Uh, yeah trying to find out stuff about this woman because she's just fascinating she she befriended me very early in the piece and to the point where you recommended people didn't you Janine I did. I did. Yes, absolutely. Um, And especially seeing, knowing you have an interest in young adults as well. As I said, I recommended Fleur Ferris to you. And I really suggest you have a chat to her because um, her books, the first book that came out, Risk, is actually a young adult book, but I actually got it into the library and had it put in adult as well because it just has such a, a vital message in it about online you know, contacting and everything like that. And apparently it has been um, now listed as a read for year 11 or 12. I'm not quite sure which one. So she's she's going great guns and she's such a lovely lady. And I'm, I'm a big supporter of Aussie authors because I figure, um, you know, even though we're such a small country, um, we've got so much talent here. And that's what I keep saying every time I read a book, if it's good, I'm saying, we have so much untapped talent here that we need to spread the word and tell everyone about it. Uh, Yeah. And as Janine's talking, uh, she's very animated, everybody. And it comes through in her voice and it comes through in her passion and it comes through in her support of uh, Australian authors. Uh, Australian rural, rural authors seem to be a bit of a passion for you. Well, they do. It's, um, I'm what I call a swinging reader. I read all sorts of different genres. Probably the only genre I don't read is um, fantasy and 
sci-fi doesn't really do a lot for me. But um, I, and I think romance authors too. I, I've only learnt recently, you know, how many different genres there are within romance. You know that I think it's a bit of a genre that's a little bit. Oh, I don't know. Misjudged, is that the word? You know, that people think, oh, you know, you're reading a romance novel. Oh, it must be, you know, a Mills and Boone's bodice ripper or something like that. And um, some of the authors that I've read this year, their books are just so good, you know. And I think they're, yeah, they need to get out there and we need to dispel that myth, you know, about romance novels. That they're not just, you know, light, fluffy fluff that people read, you know. That there's a lot of them have got, you know, really, really, really good storylines in them. Yeah, and from my understanding, uh, romance writers have always been, uh, I guess, some of the most intelligent writers that I know. Uh, yep. th- there is that misconception, but hopefully that's broken down a lot now and Harlequin have gone a long way uh, to dispelling that myth. They have, I think it's their mirror line. Um, yes. Uh, we have our rural romance authors, which I think mostly come out under the mirror line. And every writer that I have on this podcast is intelligent, articulate, usually with post-graduate um, qualifications. Yeah. And... And a real, really professional in what in what they do. So I think that old myth is is long dead. Um, we hope so, but it's still out there, which is really bad, you know. But I've I've got a lady that uh, rings up, and she's not computer literate at all. She's not interested in going onto the catalogue and searching. She wants you to tell her, and she rings up, and we spend at least twenty five minutes on the phone to her every time she rings, and she'll say, "Is there anything new by this author? That's that author," and on and on it goes. And at times, she used to think, "Oh my God, why can't we teach her how to learn the use the catalogue?" But then you got to sort of think, "That's our job." That's our job, helping people. And I actually recommended some books to her by someone that you've had on your podcast, Maggie Christensen, who I was lucky enough to meet up in um, Queensland when I went up there earlier this year. There was um, a little bookshop in Perugian Beach, which I know supports her a lot, called um, Annie's Books. And my poor husband, honestly, I drag him around to all these things. She had um, an author talk there. And um, I thought, oh, so... I sort of contacted Maggie and said, look, I'm going to be up your way in April, you know, and I'm going to this author talk. And she said, well, I'll be there as well. So went along, introduced myself, and she's such the loveliest person. I bought one of her books, which I'd already read one, but I bought another one from the shop and she signed it for me. That goes into my special pile of signed author books there. And um, I knew what she wrote. She, you know, she wrote, writes really good, mature women's fiction, she calls it. And they are such good books. Anyway, this patron of mine, was, you know, struggling for something to read. And um, her husband came in and I said, look, do you think your wife would mind if I popped a book on hold for her? It's by an Australian author and she's really, really good. And he said, oh, you know, okay, you know, if that's what you want to do. So I did. Anyway, a few weeks later she rang and I happened to strike her and she said, oh, Janine, thank you so much for recommending that book to me. Oh, I'm now going to put all the rest of her books on hold. It was wonderful and I love it. That's, That's the best part of the job. Yeah, and and I think we do rely on our librarians. We were in a local library up here yesterday and I was chatting to the library ladies there and 
there, there's things I want to know and I, I've got to admit I don't want to go to a catalogue. I want to talk to somebody. Mm. Um, and, and it just is helpful when you have people who are knowledgeable. Now, getting our books into libraries I know is can be a bit of a challenge. It can, yep. Uh, now, I, I lucked out and I think it was because I wrote a, an Australian historical thing uh, from for my PhD and I had the library people contact me. So I was really lucky and I just thought everybody had their books in libraries. I didn't realise that it's actually quite difficult. Oh, it is because unfortunately, because um, most of our libraries, you know, we're governed by, um, we're local government and we our particular library service <clears throat> doesn't have the ability to actually buy books by credit card, which is a little bit frustrating. But we do have um, the library suppliers that we buy from, from. And getting back to Maggie again, she didn't have any of her books in our library at all. And we're part of what's called the Swift Library Consortium, which is a consortium of about 16 library services throughout Victoria and we all share the catalogue and all our patrons can borrow everybody else's books and after I'd read Maggie's book I actually got went to work got online and had a look thought oh my god there's none of her books in any of these library services so anyway I got in touch with Maggie and I just said look I really want to get your books in because they're so good so I actually put her on to the one of our library suppliers and um, she then contacted them and got her books listed with them and then our adult collections librarian them ordered them and now they're on the shelf and I think yes that's a win for me so um you know there are ways of getting them in but I think the best way is you know yeah talk to us you know even give us a copy of your book to have a read and if we think it's worth adding to the collection we'll definitely do it there's no problems about that yeah I was and it's interesting I was in uh Canberra at the National Library mm -hmm. and I wanted to gift my books to the catalogue there and I went in and I had you know my I had my middle grade fiction and my minor's wife under my arm and when I went to the counter the lady just asked me to wait a moment and then she called down this very official man and he took the books off me and he said um you're expected to to lodge your book with the National Library. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I was going to give it to you anyway, but it would have been nice of you to say thank you. Uh, um, but And I also had um, letters from the State Library of Queensland asking for my copies of my books. And so they should be in all the State Libraries as far as I'm aware, or where you, the State Library where you live maybe in the National Library. Yeah, they would be in the state libraries because, as you said, I think every book that's written in Australia has to have a copy lodged with them. But unfortunately, with the state library, you can't borrow from the state library. You can only go in there and actually read. So it, it really does limit your audience there. So the objective is is to get it into the public libraries because that's where people can borrow. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming they knew I had my books out because of my ISBNs. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I don't know what they call that in other countries, um, but there yeah. are ISBNs here in Australia. Yeah. Maybe they are yeah. the same. Uh, people who don't have ISBNs, they wouldn't get into the library system anyway, would they? They wouldn't. No, no. no. It has to actually be registered and it has to have a number because, you know, everything's been catalogued. And if you look at the cataloging blurb, for every book it just goes on and on and on and on but that's the way that you know we can find out what category that book has to be put into if it's a fiction a non-fiction what 
genre. It's all by that ISBN number. So, um, yeah, so look, I really recommend any authors, you know, who want to get their books out there is, you know, just talk to your library, you know, and just that's the best way. I mean, we're the ones that have the contact with the public. Yeah, and I think, like, I think it was James Bennett who contacted me and I did say yep, to the ladies there. Yeah, that's one there, of our suppliers. Yeah, yep. I said, how did you even know my book existed? And they said, well, in the State Library of Victoria, they have someone who scans all the new books that come in via ISBN and if they think they'll be interested, they have a look. And because mine was set in rural WA, yep. um, that that's why they put it in all the West Australian and South Australian libraries. And I can actually go on to local libraries now and see if my book has been checked out. And I, I, I occasionally do that and it's actually really quite fun because most of the time it is checked out. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was thinking of doing a tour over in WA this Christmas, but um, we've got a bit bogged down here now, I'm afraid. That's um, all right. But, but that's yeah. another misconception that um, readers have too, and I've seen it um, online, is that they think that, oh, you you know, I don't want to come in and borrow your book from the library because then you're missing out on a sale. And um, people don't realise that authors do get paid. It's only, it's, I don't think it's a lot, but it is a small amount they get paid for every time their book is checked out of a library service. So readers shouldn't feel that they're letting their authors down by not spending money buying their book. Is if they're if they're borrowing it, they are still supporting their authors. And two, we have stats, you know, of how many times books have been borrowed, and um, we run a report on every section of the library once a year, and it shows up all the books that haven't been borrowed for twelve months. And I feel so terrible. I think, oh, you poor little thing, you haven't been borrowed. And then our librarian, she will have a look at them. Okay, this book hasn't been borrowed. What will I do? Will I shift it to another branch where? perhaps the demographic at that branch might find it more interesting or she makes the hard decision to actually withdraw it which is really sad you know when you see these poor books you think well why haven't they been borrowed and that's where I really like doing displays in libraries because you see people wandering around the shelves you know with their head you know at an angle you know trying to look you know at titles for something to borrow and because I've got a merchandising background too I think if you put something in someone's face they're at least going to pick it up and have a look. And I love doing displays and we have I have all sorts of different themes. Like at the moment I've got, we've got a family saga display up. We've got a female sleuths display up, which is, you know, any female detectives, policemen, police women, you know, lawyers and things like that. And I've got an Australian rural fiction display up. So if I had your book, Melinda, that would be on there. Oh, <laughs> uh, one day. I'll, I'll come down and give it to you in person. Uh, yeah, so um, for the writers of us who are listening, there, there are ways of getting your books into libraries. And I know among indie publishers, and I know this is very common online, uh, oh, don't worry about ISBNs and don't worry about the market on the ground. Everything happens online and you don't make enough sales on the ground. And I get a little bit annoyed about that um, in one way because – it's about more than making money, I guess. It's about there are people who use libraries who don't um, buy all their books online. It's not all about, you know, making lots and lots and lots of sales. Oh, Sometimes yeah. just having a, say, someone like my mum who went to the library every week, being able to borrow your book and give something back. And I guess that's where the library comes in, especially for writers. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, some of our patrons that come in, you know, are, are elderly and they're lovely. And you think, for all you know, you may be the only person that they've spoken to today. 
Yeah. You know, so if you can have a conversation with them for five minutes at the circulation desk, you know, that's a really good thing. And I think um, – Although audiobooks and ebooks are growing, you know, we have that um, ability to download those through our catalogue as well. Um, Belinda Audio, um, Borrowbox, they have um, audiobooks and ebooks, and especially audiobooks, it's quite surprising. That's, that's a real growing market. So even if um, authors can't get a print book in, if they've got the means to do an audiobook too. That's another way of getting into the library service. I know I listen to an audiobook in the car on the way to and from work and I'm reading a print book at the same time. That way I'm reading two books at once. I once made the mistake of reading the same genre. I think they were both crime novels or something and I got very confused at one stage. I thought, hang on, what's happened to that character? I thought they got killed. You know, I thought, oh, Janine, no, that's the one you're reading. It's not the one you're listening to. So now I make sure I listen and read different genres so I don't get confused. Yeah, but- uh, and it is delightful, everyone, having someone with such a passion for reading. We sometimes get so bogged down in the business of writing, I don't think we get a chance to read. But I was in a library yesterday and there was a book on the end of a shelf and it turned out to be a local author out along the Queensland New South Wales border somewhere uh, a literary writer she writes short stories and I think they had an environmental theme so I just grabbed that book and I was as interested in the author as I was in her writing and I thought short stories I can I can churn over a few of those yeah, yeah. and there's a classic example of the fact that it was sitting there if that was shelved you know with just the spine visible you probably wouldn't have even noticed it no. so that's what I believe is getting books out there on display and you know just prompting and the books fly off it's it's amazing you know especially in like rural fiction um there was a lady in last week she said oh please don't take that display down you've got all sorts of authors there that I've never heard of you know and I've read I've read all all of those but I haven't heard of these ones so yeah yeah, and libraries nowadays, everyone, and I've always been an avid library junkie. As my mum said, I've probably been kicked out of every library in Australia for not, <laughs> not returning my books on time. And my not daughter, paying not paying my fines. We, we can't go to Brisbane libraries at the moment and I'm sulky. Uh, but we can go to the Moreton Bay ones, which is over the over the county oh, line. <laughs> but my daughter, my daughter's coming along fast behind me. Um, she says, but I, I just want to keep them a bit longer because once we get our hands on them, we want to touch them and it's yes. all very exciting. Yes. Uh, but being able to travel around um and especially with me in the caravan and i know jen mcleod's the same yes, being able yes. to just stop in at your local library for a few hours is such a treat um, it is and i know um getting back to fleur ferris again i know her second book she which i've read she's actually got her blurb at the back her dedication at the back and she said that she really thanks and i'm not sure what library service it is up her way because she lives on the um border of um, new south wales and victoria um she thanks the library because that's where she wrote most of her book is by going in there, you know, and just sitting down writing. And I think that's really important to have a space where people can come to, although libraries aren't what they used to be. They're not shusher places anymore. They can be very vibrant, you know. We have story times and we have baby time and we have Tiny's time, you know, and we have a manga club that runs at our library as well where the kids come in that all love manga and they, it's just a gathering place for them. Um, so, yeah, and, of course, 
um, computers, you know, everyone wants to come in to use the computer. And this is where, and we have games, we have Xbox, we have PlayStation. At times you sort of think, I wish it was a Shusha library, that it was a little bit quieter. But they become community hubs where you get all sorts of people coming in for all sorts of different reasons. Like a few weeks ago, we had all VCE students in, you know, and don't know how much studying they were actually getting done. I think it was more of a social thing. But, um, and also when things, when the, the economy is down a bit too, libraries get even busier because not everyone has got a computer at home. Not everyone can afford to go out and buy magazines and and books. So that's when libraries come back into it again because it is one of the only things left in life that is free. We keep telling people it's all free. (laughs) Yes. And and look, as writers, uh, we may think that getting our book in a library is not going to earn us much money. But in effect, you don't know what's happening once, twice, three times removed. Um, I was down in Newcastle um, doing a little book sale outside my niece's coffee shop and one Mm -hmm. of the ladies stopped by and she was very interested in what I was doing and she said, look, I'm so sorry, but if you'd been a local author, I could have put you on a library tour straight away because we have funding for that. Um, But because I was from Queensland, she she couldn't do anything for me, but she was so apologetic. And I thought if I had been local, that would have been an amazing opportunity to meet readers, to get out amongst book clubs, all those kinds of things. Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, tomorrow night we've got um, an author event at our branch and it's a gentleman who is an ex-Victorian police commissioner and he has written a couple of crime novels and my branch manager has read the first one of them and she said it was really really good now initially we only had i think it's more the time of the year because we're in closer to christmas we only had about seven people booked in but we've now up to 10 people and we um we actually contacted him on friday and said look we haven't got an awful lot of people coming you know do you do you want to defer do you you know maybe we should make it during the day rather than at night and he said you know he said i'm happy to come out and talk to anyone he said in fact i've found that i've had a very spirited discussion with three Three people in attendance rather than 12 and he said it's just my way of contacting people he'll have his books for sale of course I'll buy one because I'm addicted you know I'll buy another book and get it signed to add to the special shelf that I have um, but you know he's he's not an or a, a published or he's a published author but he's not a well-known author and this is his way of spreading the word and you know if he doesn't sell a lot of books well he says that doesn't really matter it's a matter of getting my name out there talking to people someone might recommend my book to someone else it's that ongoing effect that you don't know you know where you're going to end up but you need to get yourself out there yeah and we do lose sight of that uh, now with everything on the internet and all the things that hit our email boxes about what we've got to do to to get our funnels happening in our email lists and Mm. move thousands of copies on kdp and all that kind of stuff and I'm a little bit old-fashioned I go well that all sounds like really hard work um (laughs) what library are you are you at again I'm. I work at a library service um, at Endeavour Hills, which is in the southeast of Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. I don't even know if I ever knew. But it's yeah. interesting. So if anyone wants to go to an author talk tomorrow night, it'll be too late because this is not being um, broadcast till next week. No. <laughs> We have got another one coming up in February next year, and this is one that I I organised again. Um, and it, it came through reading Jennifer Schooler's book, and she's a local author. She lives in Upper Pakenham, which isn't far from one of our branches. And I was lucky enough to win a signed copy of her book from her, and I'd never read it before. And I read it, and oh my god, it 
it's going down as one of my best reads for the year. So anyway, I just got on and I complimented her and I said, thank you so much for the book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of my best reads for the year. I said, you would happen to be interested in coming and having a chat at our library, would you? And she said, well, actually, I would. She said, there's actually a group of us. There's a panel of four of us, and um, we call ourselves the New Romantics. And um, I'll put you on to Catherine Ledson. She's sort of the ringleader, and you can chat to her. So I got in touch with Catherine, and she said, oh, no, we'd love to, because there's Catherine who writes a bit like um, Janet Ivanovich, romantic suspense, I think you call her. Jennifer writes what's called eco-romance, so it's all a theme about um, the environment, but it's got a, a bit of a romantic, you know, string to it. Margareta Osborne is the other one. She's a rural romance author. And the other one is Kate Bell, and she's more of an erotic fiction author. So the four of them are coming out, and we've we've got it in Valentine's Week next year on the 16th of February, and we're calling it, you know, the New Romantics. Come and have a discussion about all things romance, and we're, I think we're actually even putting on some champagne and chocolates. So to get four authors in one hit, we're really, really hoping that this is going to work for us. I think it will. I think, you know, any time you get four women together um, and you offer champagne and chocolates, I think we'll have a winner there. But look, and that's, again, that's how we get authors in. And I mean, I just said, would you be interested? And said, yes. And that's what happened with Rachel. We had Rachel Johns out here last year, and I'm quite a good friend of Rachel's online. And uh, I just said to her, would you be interested in coming and talking at the library? And she said, well, you'll have to get in touch with my publicist, which we did. And they said, yep, we can fit that into um, Patterson Girls Tour. So she came out and spoke to us. And, oh, really, really good. So, again, just ask. Just ask. Yeah. yeah they can only say no, can't they? <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the trick of it as well. Now, we are having a, a few sound issues, everyone, and I think it's because of your headphones, Janine. I'm not sure. But don't worry about it because I don't care as much about that as I should. Uh, so just ignore the, ignore the wind and we'll just keep chatting anyway. Um, I notice you've got a beautiful, beautiful cover of Fiona McIntosh's The Chocolate Tin on your thing, and it's an uncorrected proof. Is there a story to that one? Where's that? On your, on your Facebook. She's looking, everyone, she's looking at a bookshelf. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't know. You, you have to tell me. I'll have to look at my Facebook and see what I'm doing. Oh, it's a giveaway on Booktopia and you must have posted it. And oh, it's got yes. little chocolates and things. And then I scroll down again and you've got Truly Madly Guilty by Leanne, Leanne Moriarty. I've got that one. Yes. That's sitting, that's sitting in my signed pile. I bought that one, though. That's fine. Oh, I'm trying to get her onto my podcast, and, you know, I'm not having any luck whatsoever. I can't get to her, but I'll keep trying. Um, another one, Liz Brinsky. Look, I could – this um, website of uh, – sorry, Facebook page of Janine's is actually a huge who's who of Australian writers, isn't it? Well, I am a big reader of Australian uh, writing, I must admit, and I also do – we have newsletters um, that come out every couple of months from work, and I do the Australian fiction one. So it's all new Australian fiction. So I'm always putting new Australian fiction on there. And what I do too is I actually send a copy of that to any author that I've put on their, their book. And I've had some lovely comments back. Jen J. McLeod has commented because I featured her book, her newest book last, oh, earlier this year. And she got onto the um, the blog and put, thank you so much, you know, for recommending me. She's, she just seems so, such a lovely person. She really does. I keep telling her, well, if you ever make it to Victoria, there's wine 
van and, you know, everything at my place. You can park your van outside my place anytime. So, um, yeah, so – and Tess Woods, another one, um, lovely, lovely lady. I went to her book launch she had at Williamstown Library a couple of months ago because um, I read her book as an advanced reading copy back in um, – oh, I think it was January this year. It was on NetGalley and I, I got a copy of that and I absolutely loved it. And then when she said that she was actually being published in print – um, I got hold of another copy of her book, and that's one thing I, I did that I never do is I reread it. And I don't reread books because if you see my piles of books that I've got to read in print and on my Kindle, I haven't got time. But her book was so good that I read it again, and so I featured her as well. So, yeah, get to know your local library worker, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely promote you to everybody. Yeah, and it shouldn't be, um, I guess it shouldn't be too hard. Uh, to get known at your local library because you're actually walking into a den of iniquity when it comes to um, book lovers. Uh, That's where it all happens. Now, I notice you've got the Australian Romance Readers Convention happening in February. Yes, and I'm actually going to go along just to the day session and the dinner. I've never been to any of them before. Don't know an awful lot about it, but I thought... This could be a really good um, thing to do and you get contact with so many authors in one hit. They have workshops and they have talks and all sorts of things like that, but they also have like a book signing session um, for an hour or a couple of hours at the end of the day on the Saturday where you can go and buy a book and get it signed by the author. Um, So that'll be – I don't know what to expect – but I'm going to go along and I'm going to connect with um, some people that are, who are Facebook friends. And one of them, which I think is an interesting person, is, is Len Clump. And he is a gentleman that reads so much r- rural romance. He always pop, pops his posts up there of what he's reading. Again, is a huge supporter of Australian fiction. And he and his wife are actually coming. So he's a Facebook friend, but we're going to connect uh, when we go to the, um, the Romance Readers convention in February so that'll be nice yeah now I think Len has turned up on my Facebook page as well um, because Janine did recommend him to me Uh, so I shouldn't imagine one day down the track we'll get Len on because it just intrigues me Uh, a man and he's an older gentleman I think um, and he just loves rural romances and I thought there's a story in that and as you know I'm I'm as eclectic as Janine you know to get on my podcast everybody or to get on to Janine's um, reading list all that costs you is chocolate <laughs> not too much chocolate I, I will take wine as well or a copy of your book that'd, that'd be even better yeah and I, I do think um you know libraries have such such a place in writer's heart and it's that link between reader and writer i notice um since i've joined our facebook group here there's a lot of um emphasis placed on osrom I don't know. Uh, Australian Romance. I presumed it was um, the readers' competition where they nominate their favourite authors, and I noticed Jen McLeod's oh, been put up. Yes, yes, now I know what you're talking about. And, yeah, that's and Annie popped Seaton. up in the last week, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it, it's um, Annie Seaton's in the running, Jen McLeod's in the running, and I've seen a few others who have put up there that they're in the running as well. Uh, re- writers really caught their readers and they listen to them very closely and as indie publishers I genuinely believe that's one of the biggest way forwards because the biggest way ways forward get my s's on the right word there uh, <laughs> and and just to have those relationships happening on the ground because we do lose I guess we lose our focus a little bit when we just chase numbers on Amazon 
Oh, absolutely too. And, um, I mean, what a lot of writers don't realise is that, you know, um, to us readers, writers are almost like rock stars, you know. If they're, if you absolutely love their books, you know, to actually get in contact with them and to have them actually reply to you, you think, wow, you know, this is fantastic. They've actually replied to me. I'm sitting out there, you know, in my house and this is a really good author and they're obviously very busy but they've taken a few moments to reply to a comment on Facebook or if you sent them an email. You know, I think that's fantastic and that's what they don't realise is that, as I said, you know, we think writers are a bit like rock stars, you know. I'd love to I'd love to meet all the writers that, you know, I've read their books. I'd love to. It would be great and just yeah. talk all things books. Yeah, and I know they've got something big up here on the Gold Coast as well. Uh, it's it's becoming more and more, um, I think, popular where writers mix directly with their readers um, and some of those big festivals are getting quite costly, some of those it writers' seems, festivals. Yeah, it seems that everyone, every man and his dog is having a writers' festival these days. You know, I know we have a – I mean, there's the big ones, like the Melbourne Writers' Festival and there's the Sydney one and everything, but they're getting very regional too. I know my sister-in-law lives in Bendigo and um, the Bendigo Writers' Festival is quite big up there. I'll, I'm going to plan on going to that next year because I'll have free accommodation when I stay there. Um, but I noticed, you know, there's, I think there was one in um, on the Sunshine Coast too. They had a Sunshine Coast Writers' Festival not so long ago. I think Maggie had it on her Facebook page. So they're springing up all over the place, which is good because it means that you'll get the chance to meet readers from all over Australia because not everyone can come to the big ones and sometimes the big ones can be a bit, oh, I don't know, you know, you look at who's there and you think, oh, I'm not interested in any of those people, you know, they're all a bit too highfalutin to me. I just want to, you know, meet real real authors that write about life, you know, real life, you know, and I don't care how wonderful your book is and how many much descriptive narrative that you've had in your book, you know, that about the rolling hills and the blue skies and everything like that. I, I just, they lose me when they're like that. Just, you know, just describe it, tell a story and then you've got me. Yeah, there you go. And that is straight from the mouth of the library <laughs> library technician herself, if I call her a library, librarian, she'll go cook on me. Oh, um, well, my, my colleagues would get very upset, the ones that have done the, you know, the four years at uni and everything like that. They'd say, oh, you're not a librarian. But then again, I don't believe you have to be a librarian to work in a library. Yeah. You just have to be a lover of reading. Yeah, and, and again, it's the reason I've got Janine on here, just to remind all of us uh, that there are so many people out there who aren't um, technically savvy, who aren't online every day. I know there's a little story. My daughter and I decided we'd take the dogs um, for a drive and a walk, and we left Brisbane. We went up over the back of, um, what's it called? What's it called? Name of the mountain, Sam? Mount Glorious, we went up over the back of Mount Glorious and we were looking for someone to let somewhere to let the dogs out of the car, Janine. And it's all National Park and it was all mm -hmm. SEO water and we couldn't get out of the car and we ended up at a little place called Kilcoy. Now, we had no money, we had no nothing, we were just driving the dogs. <laughs> um, and we thought, what are we going to do? We're at Kilcoy, which is this tiny little place. And we ended up at the local library and we, all, we borrowed about 20 books from this little library, um, which was unfortunate because we were, what, two or three hours away and we had to turn around and take them all back again. <laughs> Make sure you return them. <laughs> yeah, three weeks later we were getting overdue notices and we go, no, oh, we better go for another drive up to Kilcoy. <laughs> um, but it was fantastic. There was a lady there and her name was, I think it was Dulcie Fordham, and she was very elderly by this stage and she was in a local nursing home 
but she was with one of my first online writing groups through, I think it was Australian Women Writers Association or whatever they call themselves, I've forgotten. Um, but she, she used, I used to live in the outback and she used to, it was called onlineers and they used to physically send their writing from place to place to place in a mail satchel. And wow. I'd always remembered she was from Kilcoy and I asked the librarian and she said, oh, she was in a nursing home now. Um, and I thought, isn't it funny how stories come back to you and how spoilt we are now because we don't, we don't have to physically send anything anywhere. No, and that's, that's another area too. You know, we run a home library service as well and that's for people who can't get out to the branch. Um, there was actually, I'm the home library service rep for my branch as well. I seem to wear many hats, but that's okay. And I think that's an area that is going to become more popular as the years go on because when we get old, because we've been used to all these things that we can do now of having, you know, access to technology and ebooks and all sorts of things is we are going to expect to be able to have that service down the track of you know people who will you know come out have a cup of tea with you if you want to they find out because I used to be a home library service volunteer before I started working at the library um, and the lady that I used to visit she used to make me a cup of tea and we'd sit and talk and and again I may have been the only person she spoke to that day and I mean she passed away after that but it was just a lovely service to have and this is where to um, technology is growing and even with the elderly people you know people say oh I'm not tech savvy enough to use an iPad or anything like that but once you actually show them how they can read a book on a tablet and you can increase the font to make it bigger for them or they can listen to a book and it opens up a whole new world for them. Um, we had a, um, an iPad for over 50s um, course that was run at one of our other branches. And I was actually, I went along. I mean, the girl said, why are you going? You know all this. And I said, no, no, no. You can never not learn. You know, we, we learn from the day we're born to the day we die. But the lady I was sitting next to, um, I was actually helping her and she said, oh, I've sat in the right spot, haven't I? I've got you sitting next to me. And she had an iPad and she said, oh, she said, this has just opened up a whole new world for me. And she would have been in her 70s. She said, I t I've taken it on trips with me. I've gone overseas. I take my photos. She said she didn't know that we had a um, Belinda, you know, digital, had an app that you could download. And if you're a library member, you can read your e-books and your audio books. She didn't even know that service was out there. So this is where Techno emerging technology and growing technology is good for all ages. And again, you know, if you can have an ebook form of your book, you will still reach an audience out there, but you need us to tell you about it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I started this chat with Janine today thinking that it would be helping indie authors getting their books into libraries, but it's actually turned out to be completely different. It's about how we as authors can give back to our communities. And I know uh, all the writers that I mix with already do that, but I'm going to suggest that we might or could be doing a whole lot more. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's so many tools out there that writers can use to, to get their name out there, get the word out there. If you can't get your book in print, um, if you can um, have an e-book, you know, contact Belinda Digital. I don't know how easy it is to get your book listed with them, but again, that's another way of getting your name out there. 
audio books. Um, Rachel Amflett, who's another um, Australian author, she actually gifted me um, an audible copy of her book, White Gold. And funnily enough, I actually already had it on my Kindle, but I hadn't um, got around to reading it because there's about 450 books on my Kindle. And um, anyway, I said, oh, that'd be great. Look, I'd love to. So what I did for the first time, and it was actually quite interesting, is if you've got a Kindle copy of a book, um, if there's an audio copy of that, you can actually switch between the two. So what I was doing is I was listening to it in the car on the way to work. Then in my lunch hour at work, I then switched to the reading and, and it all syncs. I thought, this is fantastic. It syncs to the actual word, you know, and then I got back in the car at night after work to go home, switch it to listening and it picked up from where it left off. I thought, isn't technology fantastic? You know, yeah. so you're always learning as you go along. Yeah. Now, I, I was going to finish with that because I find that fascinating and I found that on your Facebook page. So for everybody who didn't quite get that explanation, although it was pretty succinct, is um, you can download your book onto your Kindle. It's got the audio section in it as well. So you can read and listen. So you could read until you're ready to go to sleep and then turn it on to audio and then listen when you can't be bothered reading anymore. It, it's covering all bases. Janine, mm. you've been wonderful. Oh. Um, Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It wasn't half as scary as I thought it was going to be either. Everybody keeps saying that to me. I mean, <laughs> either I'm an ogre or, or you discover I'm not as tough as I sound. I don't know. <laughs> My students discover that very, very quickly as well and they give me huge grief. <laughs> oh, uh, good. Yeah. Now, Janine did very kindly put a plug on her Facebook page for my Story Slingers Teenage Novel Writing course. So I thank did. you, Janine. My, my youth services librarian um, in my branch, I was telling her about it on Friday and she actually said, oh, she said, I'd really like to know about that. So that's why I actually um, tagged her in it because she was interested in knowing what you were doing. Well, because the youth services market is the hard one to crack. It certainly is. What I might do is I might send some brochures to her and we're starting a magazine early in the new year and we're looking for contributions from young people so she might have some contacts yeah, um, for her. So that would be very exciting. And also well. with libraries too is that a lot of them run a lot of um, – story writing competitions too for, for young adults. So that, that's another way of, um, you know, getting kids to, to write too. So keep your eye open for things like that. Yeah, and we've got, our, we've got our own story writing competition coming up for Story Slingers. So, look, it's all happening and I think you're going to be a fantastic person for me to contact personally. And I'm, another thing, I'll get in my little caravan and tootle down and see you. You are more than welcome anytime, <laughs> Melinda. <laughs> all right. And that's thank you from me and thank you very much to Janine and it's another episode from Rider on the Road. Mm-hmm.